The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. There's a stand that looking scary. All right. Tonight on Ram Showcase, the 2019 schedule has been released, and the Rams got a few favors. Plus, the NFL Draft is next week. What should we expect from the Rams on Thursday and into the weekend? And later, Rams fans have their fan quesos answered by Sheriff Joe Bags. Next on Rams Showcase. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bag. Welcome back, Rams fans, to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now as well as a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ramshowcase. You can check out Game of My Life Rams by Jay Paris. I had him on the show, uh, was last year, actually. It's been quite a while, but still a great book. I still check it out all the time. It is classic. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags, laying down the law for you guys today. And first of all, I have to wish you guys a happy Easter. I hope you guys are all having an awesome time celebrating and, you know, spending lots of time with some family and all that stuff. Uh, me, I decided to do Ram Showcase for you guys. So that's what I'm doing doing on my Easter, and I uh, got some more videos coming. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, some of the other YouTube videos I've been doing not related to Ram Showcase, but those are pretty funny. If you guys are interested, you can message me somewhere, and uh, and I'll send that over to you. Uh, but uh, besides Easter, we got some pretty cool stuff going on. Uh, first of all, I do have to apologize for the late show. It has been a very, very busy time here at the Sheriff Station, and homework uh, does take a little bit of priority because I want to do this professionally, you know, so that's that's the plan. But uh, talking about the Rams schedule, Rams schedule did release this past week. And if you guys have not already, make sure you guys check out the images. I did do all images so far uh, for each game. And I will be posting after I create them, I will be posting wallpaper schedules for your cell phone. So uh, we'll be getting those out as well. We did those last year. Those were a pretty big hit, so I want to keep those going. And I know uh, one of my friends, my friend JJ, man, he is uh, he is relentless about these schedules. He really, really wants to update his phone background, so I'll try to get those out as soon as I can. But those are uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot of work, so uh, please be patient with me. 
Uh, well, taking a look at the Rams schedule, it does include five primetime games and plenty of travel distance and not a lot of chances where the Rams get to kind of maybe hang out somewhere and then uh, play their other game, but it's all good. So uh, broken down into quarters, it's actually kind of nice. The Rams get two home and two road games every single quarter of the season. We will be doing our in-depth quarter breakdowns. Uh, that'll be closer to the season, but the first quarter at Carolina versus New Orleans at Cleveland and versus Tampa Bay. So uh, all over the place you go to Carolina and back to L.A. to Cleveland and back to L.A. So lots of distance there in the first quarter. Uh, second quarter at Seattle versus San Francisco at Atlanta. And then, of course, the Rams will go to London to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's not really a home game, but it still is technically listed as a home game. Third quarter at Pittsburgh versus the Chicago Bears. Home against the Baltimore Ravens, that'll be on Monday night. And then at the Arizona Cardinals, the final quarter is uh, at home against the Seahawks at Dallas, at San Francisco, and then wrap up the season at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Some notes on this schedule, uh, some lighter notes. Like I said, we will get into the full breakdowns. Uh, that'll be later on in the offseason when we get a little bit closer to the regular season. Uh, but some notes here, the last and maybe potentially the only cold game, if maybe even a cold game, for the Rams is week 10 in Pittsburgh. That is really the only shot that the Rams have to hit a cold weather game because, uh, of course, at Cleveland, that's week three. And then at the Seahawks, that's only in, what is that, week five? And then really the only other cold game on the schedule is in Pittsburgh, but that's week 10. So really not bad at all for the Rams. And then uh, let's see here. The Rams travel a lot in the first half of the season, but that comes down a lot in the second half, uh, after the Pittsburgh game. So if you look, I mean, obviously to Carolina, to Cleveland, to Seattle, to Atlanta, to London. And then after the break, the, the Rams do come home, uh, and well, they go to Pittsburgh, but then after that, it's home against Chicago, the Ravens to Arizona. That's not far to Dallas. That's not far to San Fran. That's not far. So in the second half, uh, that travel time really gets uh, gets kind of leveled out and kind of makes up for that first half where they're bouncing around basically all corners of uh, the world, not even just America. So they're all over the place. Well, let's see here. Oh, again, make sure you guys check out those pictures. Uh, I will be posting them on the Rams Showcase Instagram. I forgot to do that. That is totally my bad, but they are available on the Rams Showcase Facebook page. If there's maybe a game that you're really excited about or something like that, it's it's a cool way to uh, to kind of promote and share and get excited for these games. Uh, I think uh, I'm really excited for the Baltimore Ravens game and Monday Night Football. Eric Weddle will be playing against his old team. And uh, spoiler alert, that is actually the game that I'm trying to get out to L.A. for this season. So that should be really fun. Uh, but enough about the schedule. You guys have all seen it. You guys know which ones you guys are trying to go to, which ones are close to your area. If you are not in Los Angeles, unfortunately, none close to me. Uh, I guess Arizona is not too far away. That's a, still a good eight-hour drive. Uh, but I guess uh, it could be could be worse. But I feel like I'm super isolated out here in Colorado. You know, I feel like we have Colorado Springs. It's a pretty big city. Denver, obviously, a big city. Uh, then there's really nothing close to us outside of that. And... Uh, as far as uh, football cities, you're looking at Arizona, maybe Kansas City, uh, as far as the closest outside of that. So that's kind of unfortunate, especially as a person who likes to see their team. But uh, once every eight years in Denver for uh, Sheriff Joe Bags to see uh, the Rams in a regular season game. So hopefully this is changing soon. 
That's all the details I can give you. I'm about to leak some info on you guys. But uh, let's take a look at some other news. Uh, Memphis running back Daryl Henderson is visiting the Rams. And uh, I'm seeing this story spun into a lot of different things that I don't think are necessarily true. Uh, Some people, some Rams publications are saying that the Rams visiting with Daryl Henderson means that the Rams are not confident in running back Todd Gurley. I disagree. I don't think this has anything to do with Todd Gurley. They're just doing their due diligence. I think even when you're sitting at the 31st pick, you're not looking for a running back at the 31 spot that could come in and take over for Todd Gurley. That's just not what's going to happen in this draft. So, uh, so I, I think that people are looking a little too deep into this. And, you know, at the same time, also, I mean, you look back to even just a couple of years ago, uh, it seemed like the Rams were always drafting running backs. And it turned out, I mean, really strong. Every year, it seemed like the Rams' leading rusher was a rookie. Uh, and that goes back to, like, Zach Stacy, uh, Daryl Richardson, Trey Mason, and Todd Gurley. Those, all four of those guys were the Rams' leading rusher in their rookie season. And of course, Gurley, the only one that was able to really stick, but, uh, so it's not unheard of that the Rams go for, for this, even when they have the positions. And, and again, I mean, I, I don't think that there's just really any need for a running back or necessarily a need to even think about replacing Todd Gurley this year. I just don't think that that's necessarily, uh, the right path considering Malcolm Brown is back on the roster. So the Rams do have depth at the running back position, but I don't think that even if they were to draft Daryl Henderson, that that would just mean that Todd Gurley is clearly hurt. His career is going to end soon. I I don't I just don't believe it. And based on everything that we're hearing, Todd Gurley is feeling fine. He did not have a limp at the start of the offseason program for the Rams. That was one thing that I was looking out for. But at the same time, I mean, these stories are really being spun, I think, a little bit out of control. And the Rams aren't making a lot of comments, the Rams or Todd Gurley, both not making a lot of comments on his potential injury. Uh, but again, I've said this plenty of times to you guys, until I hear different, it's business as usual. I'm assuming that Todd Gurley is fine, Todd Gurley is good to go, and everything is going to be fine for the Rams. Even Sean McVay said on the Rich Eisen show that he anticipates Todd Gurley being a focal point of the Rams offense once again. Uh, so moving on into uh, some... Some news uh, that that I, I kind of debated whether I was even going to put in here, but I think uh, I, I went ahead and did it. And we're talking about the Rams versus the city of St. Louis. And so some notes that I that I took, I, I did read uh, the entire report by the arbitrator. And uh, here's just some 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 updates because it's actually the, the whole Rams versus the city of St. Louis stuff is not yet over. So the Rams were awarded the training facility in Earth City, Missouri by arbitration. The the value of these facilities sits at about $12.7 million, and the Rams, Cronky uh, mainly, will uh, be able to buy that for $1. $12.7 million facilities for $1. It was part of the original agreement that once this deal, once the deal expired for the Rams to be in St. Louis, that the Rams could purchase the facilities for $1. The Rams cannot officially make this purchase until 2024, uh, just because it has to be uh, the 29 years from when they from when they moved to St. Louis originally. The Rams are required to pay $80,000 uh, to the Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority for expenses that the Rams were responsible for 
in their time under the lease in St. Louis. And it all goes back to the Ram Stadium in St. Louis not being listed as top tier. And that means being officially in the top 25% of NFL stadiums. Of course, it can't be a perfect 25% because uh, the Giants and Jets play in the same venue. And of course, now that the Rams and Chargers will be playing in the same venue, there will be only 30 NFL stadiums. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, once the stadium the stadium reached March 31st of 2015, it was not considered top tier. And the wording in the uh, all the wording in the original agreement uh, that allowed the Rams to break this uh, lease in a, in a sense. I don't I don't think breaking the lease is necessarily the right word there, but uh, the proposed renovation by the city of St. Louis was determined to not be enough. Uh, to put the stadium, the Edward Jones Dome, into the top 25% of NFL stadiums, making the Rams lease with St. Louis a year-to-year lease. The entire arbitration report is available online, and I do recommend you guys read it, because there is some information in there that kind of clarifies some stuff, that the Rams aren't necessarily just this evil corporation that bailed out for the money. Uh, they, they really, I mean, it, it just worked out that way, where the Rams were able to to increase their value by moving cities. And I don't think it's necessarily a city battle. I think it was all about money. And, you know, some people point to the comments that Kroenke made about making the Rams a a St. Louis staple and all that stuff. Uh, But that's owner speak. You know what I mean? He was playing in St. Louis and they had plenty of time left in St. Louis. So, of course, you wouldn't want to just bash those fans or say anything that would make them not want to support you. Uh, But it was a money move uh, for the Rams to move back to Los Angeles. And that proved... Very true. Of course, the Rams' value shot up, and now they are the second most valuable NFL franchise behind the Dallas Cowboys, who are obviously an extremely valuable team uh, with their with their assets, of course, their stadium and all that stuff. So, uh, so that's really all I wanted to say on that. I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, you know the the stuff is not done yet, but we are learning a lot more. And the more that I actually read into the actual arbitration reports and and actually looking at the information that's legally available uh, and not spun by the media, it actually does. This is all just making sense. It just, it all just, it just works. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but it, it all just coincides together. And it makes sense that the Rams moved. It makes sense that that uh, that the the city wasn't able to uh, to get that stadium into the top twenty five percent. So. Uh, uh, of course there was the, the other stadium proposal, but, uh, that was actually not in the, the lease agreement They they had to make the Edward Jones dome, the top 25%. It didn't account for any new stadium. So, uh, that's what I'll say on that. And I'll let you guys be adults and, uh, make your own decisions on, on, uh, this story. So it is not over yet, but we will keep you guys updated as more stuff comes out. And of course, Training facilities, I'm assuming that this these will be sold. The Rams will buy them for a dollar and sell them because obviously they won't really need an Earth City, Missouri training facility. Well, let's take a look at the NFL draft and we will be doing a Wednesday episode and or it'll be Tuesday. I still haven't decided, uh, but we will be doing it'll be full draft. If we talk about any news, it'll be real brief. We're going to talk about some more draft stuff. We're going to look at the latest mocks and do the same thing that we've done before with mock drafts where we... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who is picking who to go to the Rams, and then from there, uh, I'll tell you why it would be a good pick, why it'd be a bad pick, and a little bit about that player. So uh, let's take a look at some draft stories for the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams do not need 
any starters from this draft. That is huge. There are positions that the Rams could improve on and could technically draft somebody that would be better than the starter if they currently have slated. But the Rams do not have people, or the Rams do have people at every position today that can start. So that's a very good sign pre-draft. This is a depth slash future draft, meaning the Rams can really fill out their roster with this draft uh, without relying on those guys to make an immediate impact day one. If they do, awesome. If they don't, it's okay. Much like the last two years. Under McVay, the Rams rookies have not been used heavily. McVay has had two drafts with the Rams, but has never had a first round pick. So we're scheduled to have McVay's first first round pick as a head coach. So we had no boom. Uh, Joseph Noteboom, Brian Allen, John Franklin Myers, and Micah Kaiser were the Rams' first four picks last year, none of which started a single game for the Rams, but all four are now slated to start this year, or at least have a heavy rotation. And uh, that heavy rotation looks like it could be John Franklin Myers, but he very well could start on the defensive line, and Micah Kaiser is expected, as of now, to get the start replacing Mark Barron. Noteboom and Allen both expected to start on the offensive line. The Rams' first five picks in 2017 were Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, Josh Reynolds, and Samson Abukam. Everett started two games as a rookie, but did not start a single game in 2018. Uh, he was used heavily, uh, and uh, occasionally he did have a higher snap percentage than Tyler Higbee throughout the season. So he has been used heavy, but did not have a start. Uh, Cooper Cup saw his 2018 season cut short with an injury. Uh, but it's hard to deny that the Rams absolutely struck gold with that third-round pick. John Johnson played well enough in his rookie season to see the Rams drop safety Mo Alexander. Johnson has started every single game since then. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds started eight games his second season after Cup went down and finished his second year with five touchdowns, not used heavy in his first year. Samson Abukam started just two games in his rookie season but did not miss a start in 2018. The Rams under McVay has, have not needed rookies to come in and perform immediately. This draft will likely net the same results. Uh, I wouldn't expect any of our picks, uh, even our first rounder, to get into the starting lineup right away. Um, let's see here. The Rams, the Rams may not be getting any uh, rookie of the year votes, uh, but in these last two drafts, the Rams have been able to grab nine players who will impact the 2019 season and maybe even more if running back John Kelly and linebacker Obo Okoronkwo can perform in their second seasons. So basically what I'm saying here to wrap this up and to summarize for you guys is the Rams don't use rookies very heavy. And so this draft, of course I'm going to watch it. I usually watch it all the way through. And I do all the research on these guys after we pick them. I let you guys know all this stuff. But the fact is, none of these rookies that the Rams are bringing in are, are going to have a high impact. I'm not saying that none of them are going to play. I'm not saying none of them will see time this year. I'm just saying it's very unlikely that any of the Rams rookies that we get this upcoming week will have a high impact on the Rams uh, 2019 season. I just don't see it happening. But of course, the, knowing these players is important going into the 2020 season which is going to be a weird one anyway, just because of the, the lockout that we're all expecting. But uh, that's when we'll be able to see these guys a little bit more. Like I said, nine guys, the top nine picks of the last two drafts, if you look at the four uh, from two years ago and then five from last year, uh, it's, I mean, these guys are performing. They're out there, they're doing the thing. So 
Uh, so that's a good sign, but none of them had a major impact in their rookie seasons. So it's it's a good thing that the Rams are able to build through the draft but not need these guys immediately. It's really awesome to be able to draft people, sit them on the bench, maybe they're in street clothes a lot, but they're in the game, they're 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 watching the game right there, they're hearing what the coaches are saying to everybody, they're in the meetings and everything. And then in year two is when they can really start to get into the offense and have a higher impact. So that's really good news. And that's really my only thing with with uh, this upcoming draft is the Rams don't need any starters. They're not going for uh, I, I doubt they're really going for for specific players that are really high where they would need to potentially trade up. I'm sure they have a plan. We're only a couple days out from the draft. And, of course, the Arizona Cardinals are going to impact this draft majorly. We have two different drafts that can happen, and that's whether or not the the Cardinals take Kyler Murray or not, because that decision is going to impact the rest of the draft 100%. So it's going to be a fun one, but the Rams aren't going to get a lot of high-impact players year one. But getting these guys on the bench, watching the game, being in those meetings, talking to the coaches— being around the vets, that's going to be a very big plus. So uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into our break. And on the other side, we've got a lot of fan quesos. Cody coming in big with some fan quesos. So we'll get to those right after the break. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. If you have not already, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media outlets. That is at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. 
So make sure you guys go check it out. Cool stuff happens there, you know? That's where you get the news. I get the news, I post it there immediately. That's the first place, that's the first thing I do when I hear anything Rams. Because that's where I go. Post it for you guys to share and stuff. So, uh, we're going to get into our fan quesos. Like I said, we got a decent amount here. Uh, Cody coming in big, uh, lots of lots of questions from Cody, so that'll be fun. But let's go ahead and get this started uh, with Jesse. Jesse wants to know, uh, with the new deal, deal Wilson got in Seattle, do you think that affects how the Rams make a deal with Goff? I do think it will have an impact. Obviously, when somebody becomes the highest paid player at the position, it changes the market entirely. I don't know if necessarily Jared Goff will make as much as Russell Wilson, but it definitely is something to think about and look at. And, uh, you know, Spotrack has has Jared Goff's market value at about $28.7 million a year. I think that's a touch high. I think I think it's going to be a little bit closer to about $25, $26 a year for Jared Goff, unless, of course, he goes on and wins the Super Bowl this year. Then we're looking at a whole other ball game that we uh, we don't know what to really expect. So uh, it will have an impact on Jared Goff, but at the same time, they are very different players on very different teams, and I don't think it's necessarily, I don't know, right to to look at a different guy's deal uh, for a guy who's much younger, much different style, uh, and is not the only player on his offense that, you know, does good things. So uh, taking shots at Seattle here today, apparently. Uh, next one here from Jesse. Now that the schedule is released, how do you see the season shaping out for the Rams, especially with some big games being at home, like versus the Saints and Bears? Um, well, I mean, to start, I mean, we knew those games were going to be at home for the Rams already. We we had op- opponents and all that stuff. Uh, the timing of these games, I think, is very important. So if you look at, uh, you mentioned, what did you say here, uh, against the Saints and Bears. So uh, the Saints will get them at home week two. So that's the home opener for the Rams. That's going to be huge. Uh, that's going to be a warm game <laughs> for sure. And the, the Saints are treating this like a revenge game. Nothing last year impacts this year. That's all. It's over. That, that year is over. It's ended. This is a fresh start. So I don't see it as like a defending ourselves kind of game. Uh, but apparently New Orleans is looking at it as a revenge game. And then you mentioned the Bears. Uh, that game will be a little bit later in the season. So at least we'll be in the Royal Blues for that. Uh, but... You know, I, I think that the schedule is pretty nice for the Rams. I, I don't hate it entirely. There's, um, you know, I think the NFC West is going to be better this year. So I think we do have six tough games with the NFC West. I'm interested to see what Seattle does now that they got a real coaching staff. And then San Fran, I'm still not sold on San Fran like a lot of people are. A lot of people are saying San Fran's going to, you know, fight with the Rams for the, for the West. I just don't necessarily think that that's true. I think that the Rams... It, even if the 49ers improve greatly, then I still think the Rams are going to win this division by a good two, three games. I don't see um, Seattle. I think, I mean, paying Russell Wilson, I think that was very uh, necessary to pay Russell Wilson because he was kind of getting frustrated uh, and for good reason. And that's, I mean, this is another thing I think that hurts him in the long run, not his wallet, but it does hurt him on the field is now that the, the Seahawks just don't have that as much money to pay other positions. And I guess I kind of look at it the same way I look at the, the, the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And I guess I kind of understand the mindset. Well, if you're not going to help me and sign players for me, at least give me that money. 
And I think that's kind of what happened here. And I think it's both situations. I think Green Bay and Seattle, they weren't paying their court or they weren't giving their quarterbacks any weapons and instead just decided to pay their quarterbacks. And it's like, well, you do everything ever anyway, so might as well just take the money, right? Um, but I think the schedule is pretty favorable for the Rams, especially the second half. I do think, I do think that one guy on, I, I can't even remember what it was. That dude who, he's a Rams fan, media guy in LA said that the Rams are, he was looking at the Rams schedule and they were going to go 16 and 0 onto the Super Bowl. I don't think that that's going to happen. I definitely don't see this team going 16 and 0. I think this team is, is talented enough to go 16 0. I don't think it's actually going to happen though. Uh, simply because this is the NFL, you know, any of these teams could beat us. You know, Carolina is not a team that we can just walk all over. New Orleans isn't a team we can walk all over. Neither is Cleveland. Uh, any division game, Cincinnati and London, I feel pretty good about that one. But, you know, with their with their head coach being uh, Zach Taylor, he knows our offense really well. So that's going to be an interesting one. Of course, Chicago, that's going to be a really tough game. We struggled against their defense last year. In Pittsburgh is always a difficult place to play, even though they're kind of dealing with some stuff. I think it's actually going to be a motivator for them. I'm kind of my my thoughts on the Steelers kind of align with Colin Cowherd, where I think that they're going to use this Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown stuff as a motivator. And I think uh, guys like James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster have amazing years. And so that's going to be a really tough game. Of course, in Dallas is going to be very tough. Um, and then Baltimore, I mean, we, we still don't know exactly what their offense is going to look like, but it looks like it's going to be pretty run heavy. The Rams weren't very strong against the run last year. So the Rams do have some really tough games this year, but I, I like it. I, I, I like, I like the Rams schedule. I, I think it, it kind of works out in the second half and then having two home, two away in every single quarter. I really like that. The bye week week nine. Four home games, four road games on either side of that. I think it's a really nice schedule in the, w- the way that it, it's, it got set up, and especially in the second half where the Rams don't have to travel a whole lot outside of going to Pittsburgh. Uh, next question here comes from Cody. Do you think Marcus Peters can get back to all-pro form this season? Uh, it, you know, I was re-watching a lot of stuff from this year, and Peters definitely, he, he definitely had some some struggling points. But into the second half of the season and, and late in the season, uh, you didn't really hear Marcus Peters' name a lot, which I think it led a lot of fans to think like, oh, Marcus Peters just isn't really doing anything. But he was just, he was actually playing really well, well enough where he wasn't getting his name called because no one was throwing on him for a lot of the time. Of course, he is a gambler, so he is going to get beat sometimes, but... Overall, I'm actually really excited to see what Marcus Peters does this year, and and I think that it's going to be much better than last year. You know, we, week one last year where he got that pick six, it was like, oh man, this is it, like this is the guy. And and then of course the the rest of the first half of the season didn't really look that strong, but later on he played really well. And I finally watched a couple of things from the Super Bowl, not a lot of things because. Uh, that day pretty much still doesn't exist in my head for some reason. It just kind of like I always forget about it. If that probably on purpose, I don't know, but, uh, Marcus Peters played awesome in the Super Bowl. He played, he played really, really well in the NFC championship game. He played really well against Dallas. So, uh, so I'm, I'm anticipating that the Marcus Peters has a much stronger 2019 than he did in 2018. Next question here from Cody. Am I the only one pretty glad that Jared Goff will focus on football and leave his extension talk on the table for his agent and for after this season? 
Um, no, not necessarily. I think that there are pl- probably plenty of people that are excited about this, but uh, I think that locking in a guy a little early is a good thing, and it doesn't. Imp- it can have just zero impact on your current cap. So you know, the Rams not having a lot of cap space right this second doesn't mean they can't extend him. Um, but as far as the, you know, the, the distraction of a contract extension, I don't, I think that that gets a little blown up from the media. Uh, it's not like instead of being at practice, these guys are in, in an office talking about contract stuff. That's not how this happens. So, uh, there, there's a good 24 hours in the day. You're only practicing and watching film for so many. And other than that, these guys aren't really involved in their contract talks. They might have some stuff that's like, I'm not going to go under this, or I'm not going to. I'm not going to sign a deal that says this in it or something like that, but the agents are the ones that handle it. The agents, that's their job. Uh, no matter what you're at in a contract negotiation, the player is still focused on football. I think we can see that from Aaron Donald. You know, for the last two years, his, his contract stuff was a big, a big talking point and a big issue, but he won defensive player of the year both of those years. So obviously it's not that big of a distraction for everybody. Of course, there are players that get a little too involved in it, talking to the media all the time about it. Uh, I'm thinking of other teams at this point, not the Los Angeles Rams. But uh, I, I think that it's a it's a good thing to see, you know, under these last two years, Jared Goff has improved. You know, obviously he improved from 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 his rookie year to his second year. And then we saw major improvements this year too. So I think that the Rams are really just trying to gauge how much better is he going to get. And, you know, maybe maybe it's a little bit on his side too. Like, don't extend me yet because I think I can do this kind of thing. You know, I, I think I think we can go all the way. And if the Rams are able to win the Super Bowl this year, I think that definitely impacts Jared Goff's contract situation. But as far as it, uh, the Rams waiting, I don't necessarily care. About that, I do anticipate Jared Goff being the Rams quarterback for years to come, but at this point right now we're getting into the offseason stuff or or at least uh, offseason workout programs, and then of course we got the draft coming up, so uh, I think it's it, it makes sense that they're not necessarily worried about this right now. Um, but I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as far as Jared Goff's extension, but uh, going into next year or waiting till next year, I don't think it's a bad thing or necessarily a good thing. I think it's just a thing. You know, does that make any sense? Uh, next question here from Cody. Do you think it's possible for us to overpay Jared Goff? I think it's absolutely possible uh, to overpay Jared Goff. I just don't think it will happen. I don't think that the Rams are going to overpay Jared Goff. Jared Goff, based on uh, everything we've seen so far, which is pretty limited, uh, he doesn't look like the guy that's going to just try to take as much money as he possibly can. I do think that it's possible that Jared Goff takes a lower number in order to keep the cap room open to be able to keep other weapons uh, and such. So uh, the only reason I say that we're pretty limited, because obviously he's going in, uh, going into his fourth year now, so uh, I think that we're limited just because we haven't seen him negotiate a contract. You don't negotiate a rookie contract when you're even the number one overall pick. You just kind of get your deal, and then the only thing that's negotiated at all is pretty much the guaranteed money of that deal. How much are you guaranteed to get so uh, we don't know what Jared Goff is like in a contract situation we know exactly what Aaron Donald's like in a contract situation but Jared Goff is a different player so uh, we'll see how that unfolds but I, I think it's possible I just don't think it will happen and I think that it'll be sold as let's do this like the Patriots and let's keep a let's let's keep a the mindset of long-term success 
and let's get other players around you and we can win. Like we can either pay you or we can win. And the Patriots win, the Packers pay. You know what I mean? This is just, we've seen it plenty of times. So you just got to decide what you want, what's more important to you as a player, I guess. Let's see here. Next one from Cody. How much better do you think Jared Goff can improve this season from week one to 17? So uh, this is a very solid question. And uh, the Rams do play some pretty solid defenses. Obviously, the Chicago Bears, uh, they were able to hold the Rams to just six points. We saw a lot of what the Bears did in that game where they held down the Rams. We saw a lot of that in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, a lot of five-man fronts. And uh, the, the Rams definitely struggled against that. Uh, Baltimore, they still have a pretty strong defense. They still got a lot of speed on defense. Cleveland, uh, they've got a lot of playmakers. I'm still interested to see how uh, those players in particular uh, mesh with the system. Uh, Seattle's defense is still okay. I think, uh, let's see, Dallas has a really strong defense. Tampa Bay's defense, they definitely have some playmakers. So uh, on the, the the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because I mean, the Rams do play against some pretty good teams and that's that's kind of where where the magic happens, you know. You gotta go go through the fire, forged in the fire, kind of thing. So I think that Jared Goff is going to improve this year. How much? I don't know. Uh, I think he can definitely get better, and you know he he he's still got that that a really strong uh, deep ball. I think right now what he should work on, if if I was his coach, what I would be working on with Jared Goff is holding on to the ball when you get sacked, A, eh? and also feeling that pressure in the pocket. It seems like sometimes Jared Goff just doesn't know what's coming, then he drops the ball. Uh, lots of fumbles last year. I want to say he had eight or nine. So definitely that's what I would be working on him with, and, and also kind of lengthening the leash from McVay to Goff. And I think that once that starts to happen, we're going to see if Jared Goff is really the the quarterback we we think he is and, and think he can be, or if it's simply McVay and we should just not pay any quarterback and just bring in somebody that can get it done and 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 run McVay's system. So I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think Jared Goff is doing a lot of things uh, on this offense that not some other people could do. Not not that no one could do, but that some other people uh, wouldn't be able to do. Let's see here. Next one from Cody. Rate the Rams offensive line coach league-wise. This is an awesome question, by the way. So actually, I, I did look it up. Let me see if I still even have it up. I was just looking. Oh, I don't have it up still. So um, I was looking at them. There are, there are, I'm actually going to, I'm going to retype this up. So there are some, some really good offensive line coaches. Obviously, we know that the the Rams offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer, uh, but I was looking at some of the other names. I didn't know all of these off the top of my head, but uh, you you look at, you know, Mike Mun- Munchak, he's he's uh, helping on the offensive line. Rick Dennison, Dante Skarnecchia, uh, let's see, Doug Marone. Uh, definitely some really strong names, but if I had to put Aaron Cromer, if I had to rank him as far as offensive line coaches, I would definitely go top five. I think that... There are some really strong coaches out there. Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to look at some other ones. Uh, Dan Rouchard, he's doing a really good job in New Orleans. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some really strong coaches. But, again, I mean, Aaron Cromer's a really good coach, and he's doing an awesome job for uh, the Rams' offensive line. So I would go with top five for uh, for the Chrome. All right, next one up uh, from Cody. Uh, what do you think on the Clay Matthews signing in particular? I personally think he's pretty average at this point in his career. 
This is actually a really good question and uh, for one specific reason, and that's because of his age and he didn't have that strong of a year last year. But I want you to think about this, Cody. Think about the Packers' defense. They weren't very good last year. And it can be argued that Clay Matthews should have had plenty of more sacks, but he was getting called for roughing the passer all the time. I don't know if that's going to translate over to the Rams and he's going to get a bunch of roughing the passer calls, but keep in mind, he's now on a better team with better players with a better coach. He's got Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler on the on the defensive uh, front with him. He's got Wade Phillips coaching him. That is none of the stuff, not even close to the talent or coaching staff that he had in Green Bay. Joe Barry being his linebacker coach, Joe Barry's an amazing linebacker coach. So I think that that Clay Matthews is going to improve on last season. How much? I don't know. I don't know how well he can really uh, keep it moving. Uh, but I do think he's going to have a better better year than last year simply because he's around more talent with a better coaching staff on a better team. So I think it's going to be a cool year for Clay Matthews. I'm not expecting necessarily like a Pro Bowl year or maybe even like an All-Pro year, but I do think he's going to have a pretty decent impact on the Rams defense. Uh, next one here from Cody, and we got like a good uh, like twelve more from Cody. <laughs> and uh, let's see here, what does the Clay Matthews signing mean for Oboe? Same things it means for Samson and for some of these other guys is they just get all bumped down the depth chart one slot, you know. So Oboe already was having a hard time making it onto the field, and I think that that's going to continue. I think that we do see him active a couple times this year at least, but. I'm not totally sure that Oboe is going to get his fair shot on the field. Uh, you know, practice, preseason, even in the regular season, it, it's it's all very limited. Your reps are very limited, especially if you're Oboe. You're gonna be you're gonna be looking at you know trying to fight for a second string spot and try to get into a rotation. So I don't think we're gonna really see a lot of Oboe. Uh, but at the same time, he could be a strong rotational player for the Rams and could kind of come in for Matthews or Fowler, depending on what's going on, or in certain situations that we could see Oboe. The next question here from Cody. Why have the Rams looked into signing so many vets versus drafting lately with recent offseason moves this year and last? Yeah, I think this is this is a little bit, um, you know, we saw late in the season and then, of course, in the, into the Super Bowl, I, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of leadership and there was a lot of frustrations going on. Like even, even Aaron Donald, I, uh, we didn't see him necessarily trying to pump the team up. We saw him pumping himself up. Uh, we did see Michael Brockers pumping the team up and, and some coaches and stuff, but it seemed like everybody was really in their own little zone trying to do their own thing. And I think bringing in some veterans, it, it kind of solidifies some things. You know, the, the linebacker group of the Rams was, was one of the weaker spots of the team last year. So I think bringing in Clay Matthews brings some leadership to that role, and especially for a guy like Dante Fowler, who has had some issues in the past. But uh, overall, I mean, strong player and everything. I think he's just going to help these guys. And then with Eric Weddle, uh, John Johnson played amazing last year. Didn't have a single penalty, started all 19 games uh, for the Rams. But he also did get out of position quite a few times. So I think that, you know, bringing in a guy like Weddle, for the whole training camp, we get him for the whole offseason now and everything. I think that benefits guys like John Johnson where you can say just because you see that doesn't mean you have to jump on it. You still have, you know, your thing to look for. If if that guy gives up his zone in, in a catch, 
it's not your fault. Just go make the tackle kind of thing instead of letting the deep guy go. Because that's exactly what happened on that Mike Thomas catch in the, against the Saints in the regular season. Yeah, Marcus Peters did not cover uh, Mike Thomas that well and let him get by him. He was also, if you look at the play, he was communicating at the time of the snap. So he got a late start on the route and John Johnson bit on the route uh, coming up. So he left Mike Thomas going deep by himself. So there was supposed to be two guys watching Mark, uh, Mike Thomas on that route and he ended up wide open. So the miscommunication stuff there is what I think a guy like Eric Weddle can, can add to the Rams defense of saying like, don't worry about that worry about this guy kind of thing. So, and, uh, overall from Joyner, Joyner didn't necessarily have the strongest year last year. Uh, we're all talking about the, the missed, uh, defensive pass interference call, which was pass interference. I'm just going to keep saying that. Um, but the play before that, uh, LaMarcus Joyner gave up what I knew. I saw when, when the ball was thrown and they showed the, the receiver and Joyner back there, I can't remember. I think it was Ginn. Um, they showed them back there. I was looking at it and was like, man, this is, if this isn't picked, it's at the very least incomplete. So this is awesome because it was third down. And then of course the ball is caught and Joyner just didn't even really look like he was trying to play the ball. He had plenty of time. He had position, everything. It just didn't look like he, he, he did it. So from that, I think that that's a, an improvement going to Eric Weddle. I think he's just a little bit more instinctive in his play. And I think that if you put Eric Weddle in that same exact play, I think that's at least an incompletion. Uh, but that's why they're bringing in vets, some leadership. Uh, and it helps a guy like, like McVeigh also, who's, I mean, we, we, we talk about him like he's this awesome coach and he is, he's, he is a, a really good coach. Uh, but he's still learning a lot. You know, he's only going into his third season as a head coach running the entire team. So I think this year is where we're going to see him pay a little bit more attention to the defensive side of the football because we don't know how long Wade's going to be here. I personally, I know a lot of people are worried about Wade leaving. I'm not necessarily excited to see Wade leave, but I'm really excited to see who we hire. And I'm really hoping it's either Joe Barry or Aubrey Pleasant. Aubrey Pleasant is the Rams defensive backs coach and Joe Barry is the Rams linebacker coach. And I think that either one of them would do a really good job at defensive coordinator. So we could hire from within there, which would be really nice as well. Uh, let's see. I kind of got off topic. I think I've been doing that a lot today. My bad, guys. Uh, next one here from Cody. Who is the number one current Ram you would love to have a, jer- a framed jersey of? Solid question. Um, I, let's see. I don't, I'm not necessarily too big of a jersey guy anymore. I think like the, every second I get older, I want a Jersey less, you know? Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, I guess, but I find myself being, being drawn away from jerseys. But if I had to get one right now framed, I think, you know, I would have to go. That's a tough one, man. It is a really tough question. I think I'd just have to go Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald, uh, I actually gave away my Aaron Donald Jersey. Um, but that was, it was for good reason, for good reason. Don't, don't bash me on that, but I did give it away as I didn't wear it because I wear my Sheriff Joe Bags custom jerseys, but, um, I, I think I would go with like, it'd have to be like a signed Aaron Donald jersey because I, I think that Aaron Donald, I think he's, he's on a clear path to the Hall of Fame. I think he's the best player in the NFL right now. And I think that's going to continue. I don't see him slowing down. He took, what was it? Two, three days off after the Super Bowl. And then was back working out and stuff. And we didn't, we didn't do it. We didn't get there. So we, he, he's wanting to get a little bit better. 
And if that guy can get better, that's scary. So I would have to go with an Aaron Donald, signed Aaron Donald jersey. I would frame that uh, for sure and put that bad boy up in the in the sheriff station. Next one here from Cody. Any early draft choices you think is a must by position or will we go best player available? I think we go BPA up and down this draft, you know, um, and it, it works. BPA works, not necessarily all the time and not necessarily, you don't necessarily only go BPA and avoid a position that you need. I think that there are times where maybe there's a guy that you have higher on your board, but you don't have a different player. Say you really need a left tackle and you're on, you're up in, you have a lot of depth at linebacker. The, you're, the best player on your board is a linebacker, but maybe the third or fourth player on your board is a left tackle. You take the left tackle. You need him. You don't have to just go with uh, the best player on your board every single time. Uh, a lot of teams do that, but I, especially for the Rams, we don't have any position needs. So I think we go best player available the whole way down. And if there's, if we're up and we, I, I feel like this is what's going to happen. If we're up and we don't have a player valued at that spot, or we think we can drop and still get the guy that's at the top of our board and pick up another pick, I think we do that. Um, I'm not too concerned with this draft. I'm not. Uh, I, I think that sounds weird. So hold on. Let me let me reword that. I'm not worried about this draft. I think that they're going to do fine. I think that this team really knows what they're doing. Top four picks from what was it? Was it that that year? Was it uh, the first five picks from 2017 and the first four picks from 2018 uh, were very strong picks, very strong picks. And uh, I'm sure you guys, if you guys are uh, regular intakers of Rams media, then you guys probably heard from uh, other Rams pages and publications that Noteboom was a terrible pick and all this stuff just simply because the people that are writing this stuff didn't know who he was. I wanted uh, Alex Kappa, but we got Joseph Noteboom, and I was like, hey, cool. It's cool. The team wanted him. That's that's who they, they wanted. That's who they saw, and now he's expected to be a starter. Brian Allen, a lot of people didn't know him, didn't like that pick. Now he's expected to be our starting center. Uh, we go back, Gerald Everett. This was another one that the same publication that I'm thinking of bashed this pick just because they didn't know his name, and look at him. He's doing great. For the Rams, I mean, he's not uh, an all-star or anything. He's doing a solid job. I mean, he's been able to get some really big plays for us. That touchdown against the Chiefs, I thought, was absolutely amazing. So, you know, don't worry about the name value of the pick. If if you if the Rams draft a guy that we don't recognize his name, uh, don't worry. I'm sure it's going to be okay. These guys are professionals. Uh, let's see here. Cody wants to know: Should we look into Big Wit as a coach for the future? Uh, that's a question I can't really answer. I don't know what his intentions are or uh, if he wants to coach, if he wants to play until he's 50. I have no idea. So, uh, Or if he would even be a good coach. I don't necessarily know that either. So I feel like centers make really good offensive line coaches because they look around all the time and they're setting up the line. But as far as the left tackle, I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, I guess uh, Witt could be a, a coach. But I really don't know. That's that's an impossible question for me to answer. I think it's it's worth at least asking him, like if he's interested. <laughs> but at the same time, Rams have a really strong offensive line coach right now. Don't need an offensive coordinator. Probably never will need an offensive coordinator. While McVay is here, at least um, like in some all star offensive coordinator that is calling plays and stuff. I'm sure McVay is going to handle that for years to come. So not really worried about that as well. Uh, Rams have a really strong coaching staff and and strong roster. So. Um, 
yeah, I don't know what Wit's up to. We'll see. Uh, next one here from Cody. How much will Weddle help the secondary communications, and will we see a difference in the play because of it? Yes, absolutely. I kind of uh, answered this question a little earlier. Um, that's exactly what Weddle's going to help with, is those communications on the back end. And we did see a decent amount of times, uh, and that's what happens with a brand new team. When you bring in you know, Sue, Tlaib, Peters, all these new names, it is difficult for them to get on the same page, especially earlier in the season. And that's exactly what I think happened with Peters and, you know, his, his struggles early. And uh, I think that, that Weddle coming in is going to help guys like John Johnson and Marcus Peters. Tlaib and Weddle together alongside with the younger guys of Peters and Johnson, I think is really, really good. And then, of course, Nikel Roby Coleman, who is one of the top nickelbacks in the entire NFL, if not the best. But, you know, if you look at like yards per play, of course, there's there's one guy ahead of him there and, and stuff like that. He's one of the best in the NFL. Let's see. Uh, next one from Cody. How much, uh, how much, if at all, will we miss Joyner or Barron? I am going to miss Barron a whole lot. <laughs> I know that much for sure. Uh, Joyner, you know, Joyner didn't necessarily have the strongest year last year, but I think he's still a, a pretty solid player. Um, I would say we're only going to miss these guys if, if we see injuries. I really do. Um, I think, I think that our replacements, guys like Micah Kaiser, Eric Weddle, I think that these guys are going to be fine in those roles. And I, not to the point where we're going to, like, if they're playing, we're going to be like, man, I wish I still had Joyner, wish we still had Baron. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. But if any of these guys get hurt and go down, that's when we're going to say, well, not, I will use we loosely here because I'm not going to say this, but I know there's other people that will, that will say stuff like we should have never gotten rid of Baron. You can't plan for injuries. You can't schedule injuries out. So uh, it's flawed logic, but uh, inevitably it will happen where people will have this conversation, but I don't think we're really going to miss them that much um, because, you know, Baron obviously most of the year was dealing with his injury. So he kind of had a down year and then Joyner definitely had uh, what I would say is his worst year in the NFL as far as the eyeball tests. Uh, let's see here. Do you think Kaiser will start? I do think Kaiser will start. I think that he's likely been working on his pass coverage and his ability to cover and stuff like that. And he's been great against the run his entire uh, playing career. So yeah, I think that Micah Kaiser can get the start and I'm excited for Micah Kaiser. Actually, this is like one of the players I'm really, really pumped to see play this year. Uh, last year it was Corey Littleton. This year it's Micah Kaiser. I want to see Micah Kaiser out there and Corey Littleton. I mean, that worked out pretty nice. So that was cool. Next one from Cody grade Corey Littleton. Uh, and whoa, Sorry, I had to messed up reading your comment. Greg Corey Littleton, and is he just a system guy, or can you see him developing significantly? I think he is developing significantly. I think, you know, even from from when he was filling in for Baron two years ago to starting, I think we've seen, like, major improvements from Corey Littleton. He's really good in coverage. He's got really good instincts. You know, he doesn't take a lot of time to think about where he's got to go. He just sees something and goes. And I really like that about Corey Littleton. So I think he's developing fine. Uh, next one is uh, Joe Branham's mock draft. First of all, Joe Branham is a producer of Ram Showcase. I'm Sheriff Joe Bags right now. But um, no, we don't do mock drafts because they're stupid and wrong all the time. So I'm not going to waste my time with a mock draft. I'm not going to waste your guys' time by giving you guys a name of a player that the Rams probably don't even want. Or may want, but may not be there. Or may want, but want somebody else more. 
it's pointless. So, uh, and Cody wraps up by saying, I'm not, I personally not a huge fan of mocks. And, uh, yeah, same, same Cody. I think they're uh, time fillers. I think they're off season time fillers. And, uh, that's cool. That's cool. You know, if we all got to try to keep, keep ourselves busy somehow. Some of, some of us do mock drafts. Uh, some of us don't. So I don't know. Uh, I, I could go on a whole thing here bashing everybody that does mock drafts, but I know people like them. That's cool. You can like them. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong for liking them. It's cool to see, you know, who the pros think that, uh, think that your team will take and stuff like that. Uh, I just, uh, I don't, I don't get into them. That's just, uh, that's just me, me and Cody, me and Cody don't get into our mocks. I'm sure there's some other of you guys out there uh, that don't care for them, but I'm not a big rumor guy. I'm not a big mock guy. I want some facts. Don't give me just like this prediction stuff. I don't like it. So, uh, and we got one more fan queso here for you guys. And this one comes from Joseph. Joseph wants to know any chance Goff gets his extension this year. I do not believe so. I think that Jared Goff, uh, based on the comments that we've heard already, I think that they're going to hold off at least until we get much, much closer to the season. I think that it's very possible that we see a extension for Jared Goff in the preseason. The Rams have done preseason extensions for people in the past. Uh, um, of course, I remember being at, at the, um, the Rams Broncos preseason game a few years back and sitting in the parking lot where the, the Rams are in, in the building. I'm sitting in the parking lot actually with, uh, James. I don't know if you're listening. I don't even know if you listen to me, James, but you're my friend, so you should. But, uh, we were standing out there and I get a notification that Tavon Austin got his extension. It was kind of cool. You know, it was like sitting right there. It's like he probably just heard about this, you know, <laughs> and he's sitting in this building right out here. So pretty cool for uh, fans that are not home, home fan teams when you, when you get to experience that. But I think that that's definitely a possibility, but I really do think that this is going to be something that goes into next off season as far as Jared Goff and his contract extension. All right. That is going to do it for me. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Search Ram Showcase on YouTube. We will be getting some videos coming up soon. I do apologize. I totally leaked out this whole Rams update. It's coming soon and then haven't even been able to start yet just because it's been so chaotic. But uh, trust me, that is coming still. Coming soon. Very soon. And, um... We'll get that going, but uh, you can also follow me on social media. That's at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. If you guys uh, don't like listening to the podcast where you're at, just Google Ram Showcase. You can find a billion places where Ram Showcase is at. Podbean, Player FM, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, Spotify, the list goes on. So any of those, you guys want to listen to me uh, tell you about the Rams, make sure you guys do it. Just listen to every single episode on every single thing. So you'll hear me like 25 times or something. Um, but that's, uh, that's a good thing, you know? You want to be able to hear me as much as possible because uh, my sweet, soothing voice is just so magical. That is going to do it for me, though. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans... Thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.